grateful. Deeply grateful, 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 grateful that the love of God is all that we are. The love of God is shining in our heart, in our mind. That we're opening ourselves to the truth, the unlimited. We are letting go of the belief in lack and limitation. (laughs) The birds are singing outside the house really loud now. Grateful and thankful to consciously say yes to our wholeness, to our freedom, to the wisdom of God shining in our mind. Grateful that our life is an activity of love and we come together to see and know and feel and hear this more clearly. We are grateful to come together in a recognition of our divinity for the purpose of our healing. What I know is that our time together is deeply healing. It is deeply nourishing. It is transformative. It is awakening. We are grateful and thankful to allow ourselves to experience that fullness here and now. We are grateful and thankful to consciously attune to that high vibration of wholeness, peace, love, and joy. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Mm. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So I'm just going to mention real briefly that if you saw my blog today, I announced the dates of the uh, the trainings that are coming up. Uh, I'm calling them the teacher trainings on writing inspiration, teaching workshops, and speaking, inspirational speaking. And so uh, there's three retreats in a row in New York State, about 45 minutes from New York City, from uh, LaGuardia Airport, uh, really nice hotel there. And um, so those details probably will have all the web pages up uh, Sunday, Monday, with an early bird that expires about July 5th, something like that. So... uh, yeah. Um, one question I'd like to ask everybody is, with Hawkins' book, did you read the, uh, I believe I had suggested that you read the about the author first. Uh, did, did you all, if you haven't read it, I just wanted to uh, let you know that really I think that's the best place to start uh, is his about the author. <coughs> uh, because he's an amazing person. If you haven't figured that out, he's an amazing man. And uh, I saw him speak a few times uh, over the course of maybe 10 years. I saw him speak a handful of times. And, uh, yeah, very inspiring. So, I thought we could spend some time here looking at the issues that he brings up in the book 
And um, so one of the most basic things is that the premise about muscle testing and how he does all his scientific exploration through muscle testing. And uh, the idea is that your cellular system of your body, your energy bodies, they can be scientifically tested for weakness or strength based on uh, asking questions related to all kinds of things so that you, you can use that mechanism of muscle testing to uncover information. And he used muscle testing to do his scale of consciousness and calibrate all kinds of things, including books, teachings, um, just all kinds of things. And for me, when I first read about that, I had some uh, dubiousness because it's the body that he's using. And to me, the body is not reliable. Um, however, I, I do think it is a worthwhile method that I, I personally have used for a number of years. One way I like to use it is... Uh, that if I, I stand up and when I think of whatever it is or hold whatever it is, I ask the question, perhaps, is this good for me now? Uh, is this going to support me? Uh, all yes or no questions. Always has to be a yes or no question. And then I just, I've established that my yes is I'm leaning forward and my nose, I'm leaning backwards. And so I find that that sometimes is helpful to me. Although I don't find that I'm confused about a lot of things or wondering about a lot of things. So I don't usually find a need for it. Sometimes I might do it with a food or a supplement or something like that. And by the way, I... Um, Back in the 90s, I had an experience with uh, my back that uh, I had discovered through doing yoga in the late 90s that my injuries from running in the 80s that I had distorted my posture and that the muscles around uh, in those areas of my body uh, around my low back had kind of frozen uh, to compensate for the adjustments I made in my posture for my injuries. And when I started doing a lot of yoga, it started waking all of that up, and it was very painful for me. I went to a kinesiologist, and the kinesiologist prescribed some simple exercises to do, and they worked perfectly. So that was my first introduction, really, to kinesiology was back in the, the 90s uh, using it that way uh, for diagnostic and prescription and it worked so so well for me so I just encourage you a lot of times chiropractors can be good uh, at doing muscle testing 
It's very, very common that chiropractors will use muscle testing. Um, you can also experiment and play with it with a friend, which can be fun. So, for instance, you could get a box of envelopes and a box of three-by-five cards or something like that and write down things on the three-by-five cards uh, or um, and, and things like whatever you might be interested in muscle testing. And you can put them in the envelopes, and the envelopes then are, are not going to indicate what they are. So you can do the muscle testing blindly, in a sense. And that can, can actually be fun to do. You can ask all kinds of questions and just see what you get and what's uh, interesting to you. Uh, and I believe I said the first time we started talking about this, I, I discouraged you from <clears throat> really trying to figure out what your consciousness is on the map of consciousness. Um, I, I would say it's going to fluctuate depending on what you're thinking and feeling. <clears throat> but I just remember once a very well-known spiritual teacher bragging about their level on the map of consciousness. And that, that just kind of turned me off like, ah, gee, <laughs> that seems weird. So, um, which I'm sure was just my judgment. But it just felt like, oh, I don't need to know. I know how I feel. I feel good. I feel better today than I did yesterday. That's a good thing. Um, but sometimes we get confused about things, and so we can also use it to find out the truth. Sometimes we don't want to know about things. We're hiding from an awareness of the truth. And there are places and times where perhaps doing the muscle testing would be uh, interesting or helpful to you. So I do think it's worth knowing about and playing around with. And it can, like I said, it can be fun to do with a friend or a loved one. Um, and it, it can also really work if you're trying to discern things. Uh, I think it can be helpful. My, my experience is it can be helpful if you're trying to figure out, like, what is, what is it your dog is needing to help them. Uh, you can use the kinesiology for that, or if you're trying to figure out what's going on with your child or something like that. Any thoughts or sharing on that topic? Has anybody been experimenting with kinesiology? Yeah, Rand and, and Deb, I'm sure you, you both have been using it for a long time. Yeah. Have you particularly discovered anything lately that you'd like to share? All right. Um, so... One of the things that Hawkins says in his book that we all have come to know is that when you are making major spiritual progress, 
it brings things up to be healed more rapidly. And it's intense at times. It's very, very intense. Uh, you all, I'm sure, have heard me talk about, though you may not remember specifically, uh, I went into, when I went into a phase the, that I called the twisty turnies, uh, one of the things that was going on during that time is I was experiencing what felt to me like betrayals on all levels, just all levels, except physical. So I felt that in my relationships, there was a deep sense of betrayal in several of my relationships, key relationships, including my relationship with my spiritual community. I felt very betrayed by what was going on there. And I felt betrayed in a way by my mom's diagnosis of cancer. That too felt like a betrayal. Uh, and I, I felt a betrayal at work uh, where I was fired and whatnot. So all of these things happened at once. And it really did feel like I was in some kind of a hurricane that was blowing through my life, taking with it everything that wasn't nailed down, in a sense. And I knew at the time that I had called it forth because I had decided to forgive everything, 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 everything. And I had decided to be all in for spirit, all in for love, all in for God. So... I knew exactly what was going on, and that was helpful to me because I knew it wouldn't last. And I knew I hadn't done anything wrong. And it helped me to release this idea of being punished. Because so often when there's a health challenge, when there's an, a relationship challenge, when there's a financial challenge, when there's a deep emotional challenge, recurrences of depression and and all kinds of things like this that we've all been experiencing, the temptation is to think we're doing something wrong and we should be doing it differently. But it's not true. It's not true. It's things that are coming up to be healed so love can be revealed. That's really what it is. And so what I would what we learn to do in our classes here is to be really clear about what recognizing that something is coming up to be healed and not running from it, not trying to cope with it or manage it or even to understand it or figure it out because those are all strategies of the ego. But instead to call for the highest and best, to call for a permanent healing back to the root cause. So that, that's what we do. And so what I'd like to do is to have us go into a breakout to discuss some of these um, occurrences. Uh, we've, we've been looking at these kinds of things uh, with the year two and the year three folks. It's been very fruitful for them, extremely fruitful. So 
what I'd like to invite you to do in your breakout, and I'll, I'll put it here in the chat, um, is to uh, look at a challenge from the past that brought you uh, a, uh, a gift of healing, expansion. That's one thing. And then um, let's see here. Is this going to work? Um, and then did you – have you really received all the benefits from it? Is there any part that you are still thinking was bad or wrong? And then looking at something that's occurring right now. So you know... Um, And how it's here to help you. So you know how when um, when um, hmm. oftentimes. Oh, in, in, in his book, he talks about how he moved into a space of being grateful for his different illnesses, thanking his ulcer, and because he was truly interested in transforming and transcending these things. And it takes going to gratitude and being willing to receive the gifts in them. So I... I, I would say, based on my conversations with all of you, you've all had recent challenges. And let's look at a challenge perhaps from the near past or even from the far past and also something that's going on right now in these breakouts to get some clarity and particularly looking at this in terms of being hyper aware and helping each other, what are the thoughts that you're having about this that can be transformed? How are you feeling about it? Remember, our feelings are so, so helpful to us in doing this transformational work. So I, I think one of the main things here is to get more clarity with the challenges you have right now. but. One of the things that helps always is to look at the old challenges that might not be fully cleansed and cleared because they do come back for like a, a weed. You know, if you've uh, got a lot of dandelions out here in the yard, a lot of dandelions, huge, massive quantity of dandelions. And uh, so I've been best I can getting them at least out of the flower beds 
And you know, you have to get it all the way down there, all the way down there. Now, of course, the Holy Spirit can go all the way down there for you. But if you don't ask for that, that's not what you're desiring. That's not what you're going to experience. So you might solve the problem of the surface. You know, it's like when people go on a diet and lose weight, but they don't shift their consciousness. And then they might work really hard for a year to lose 100 pounds, and then it, they gain back 150 pounds, right? So um, we all have experiences with this. So let's 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 have spirit guide us to a challenge from the past that brought a gift of healing and expansion. And let's see if we can receive all the benefits. So I'm going to start us off here and just have us turn within. And I'm going to invite you to identify the thing that is most challenging you right now. Could be physical, could be relationship, could be circumstantial. Could be emotional. What is the thing that's challenging you most right now? And then let's ask spirit to guide us to something from the past of a similar nature. It's a similar frequency or vibration, similar thought pattern. A challenge that's been experienced in the past, it's of a similar nature. Have you received all the benefits from that past experience? The learning, the harvesting, the growing. Is there any part about that past challenge that you're still holding guilt or resentment, regret, shame or blame? any negativity around? Does it feel like it's clean and clear? You've harvested all the wisdom, all the forgiveness has been done. How does it feel? And then how are these related, the current and the past? How are they related?
And now can you go to gratitude? Can you go to gratitude? That the challenge of the past has brought benefits, could bring more. And the challenge in the present will surely be bringing benefits. A harvest is coming. The harvest is happening. And benefits really means expansion, learning, opening, healing. We're training ourselves to learn through joy, not hardship. So how can we do that with this current challenge? Going to gratitude, willingness, awakening. All right, so giving uh, thanks for that insight, we'll go into our breakout. So how was that? Any ahas, any insights, any breakthroughs? Yeah, people are nodding their heads. Well, Linda, you're nodding your head the hardest. Would you like to share with us? Sure. Well, the, the first thing that was apparent to me as uh, I was in the group with Sean and Lena um, was that our experiences are the same that uh, a lot of the challenges that we were having was because we were attacking ourselves. And um, while I don't really know what that's all about, you know, what I'm attacking myself for, I'm still willing to release it back to the root. And um, so uh, I was telling them that, and Sean knew because we had our prayer partner call Tuesday night. Um, when I went to the doctor on um, Tuesday to get my test results and stuff. She um, told me that I'm diabetic. And so she's put me on this diabetes medication, but I'm really um, I really feel that this is not a life sentence for me, that this is something that I'm going to uh, deal with for a few months. Uh, I'm willing to take the medication and um, do the necessary things with my diet. Um, but I mean, I just, I love his quote about, it. I'm not subject to that. And I've been saying it even before I started reading this book is Whatever this is, even though I'm looking to get some answers as to what it is and, um, you know, in the medical fields, I'm not subject to that. I'm not subject to, um, like the doctor was saying, well, my cholesterol was high. She wanted to put me on statins, and I told her I would not take those. And, um, you know, she was pretty insistent. (laughs) 
that I should be taking the statins. And I said, I'm just not that, I'm not feeling that. It doesn't sound like something that's true for me. And um, I had to laugh because shortly before the end of my appointment, she said to me, oh yeah, woman will help with your, with your cholesterol as well. <laughs> I'm like, well, there you have it. I don't need any cholesterol medication. What, what will help? The, the medication she's giving me for the diabetes. So, yeah, I know this is just, this is just a temporary appearance. And as soon as I'm willing to release all of the uh, judgments and attack thoughts I have around myself, that it will go away. I have absolutely no doubt of that. So I was grateful to be able to get really clear on that doing this exercise. Yes. Yeah. I... I would encourage you, Linda, to contemplate, to be meditative about, or just ask spirit, what is this for? That is such a valuable question. I ask it all the time. What what is this for? Mm -hmm. What am I to learn from this? What am I to know about this? And um, clearly, all of Hawkins' experiences with illness were to help him develop the consciousness that could heal them all. Mm -hmm. So that he could teach us how to do it too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what Lana said. <laughs> yeah. Well, to teach people how to heal diabetes. That's right. That's right. Yes, and these experiences, these challenges are a spotlight. On the areas where we are being unconscious. Mm -hmm. They bring them to consciousness. I remember an experience I had when I injured my back in 2015. And uh, some of you may have heard me talk about this. Um, so I was seeing the acupuncturist and the chiropractor, which was helping me tremendously. And I knew it was all a learning experience for me because I've I had so many people that I worked with that had chronic pain, intense pain. And I, I, I honestly, I, I had no experience with that kind of thing. So I, I knew it was a, a learning around that, a learning around the body. And one of my, I think it was my second, the first visit to the chiropractor, he was like, okay, so here's how this is going to go. And here's what's happening, et cetera, et cetera. Here's the, you know, what you're going to need to do, the exercises, la, la, la. So he told me all that. And the second time I went, and I was in excruciating pain. Second time I went, um, the assistant said, uh, the doctor wants you to watch this video before he sees you. And I kind of thought, oh, I wonder if he just needs to buy an extra 10 minutes or something, you know, before 
which is fine, whatever. But um, it was a really, 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 really good chiropractor. Absolutely, without question, the best I'd ever been to. And uh, not that I had a huge experience, but I've been to a few. Well, maybe not. Well, he's one of the best. Anyway, um, so I'm watching this video, and this video is all about, like, what to do when your spine is crumbling and deteriorating. And I was just like, what the what? Is he trying to tell me my spine is deteriorating? What? And I was just like, holy spirit. I don't know, but I, whatever has got to happen, it's going to happen. This is a transformational experience for me. And I'm willing to do whatever is required. Good Lord. And then when I went in to see him, I was, I said, you know, he didn't say anything right away because I expected him to say, so listen, your spine is deteriorating and, you know, I wanted you to watch the video and we'll, we'll come up with a plan, but he, he didn't mention it. So at the end I said to him, so my spine's going to, everything is going to completely heal and I'm going to be fine. Right. And he's like, Oh yeah, sure. And I was just like, what the fool is happening here? But uh, again, it was just part of my experience with my whole, the whole pain of back. Like, what would my mind go to if my spine was deteriorating? Would I go to like, oh, no, I'm a terrible person. I should have done this. I should have done that. I should have, uh, or would I go to whatever, you know, where I went to. So, but it was for a minute, it was just like, what? So, I share that because I, I imagine when your doctor said you, you have diabetes, you probably went, what? You know, um, I don't know who said it, but uh, I, I feel like I got it from my grandmother and my mother. My, But it was this saying, you may have heard me say it, it was, what fresh hell is this? You know, like, oh, a fresh batch of hell right here in my lap, you know. <laughs> oh Linda you're you're going through that that everything is the betrayal everything is does anybody else feel that like you're just being hazed by God comes and goes yeah Lawrence Diane Rand Lana anybody not feel that That's good, Deb. You were feeling that a while ago, though. Last year, you were feeling that for sure. Like God had picked you up by the feet and was shaking you, shaking out all the loose change. Who else would like to share? Any ahas? Diane. Um, yeah, that was a, a wonderful exercise. And um, what... I, I uh, hadn't really put these two things together before, but uh, my own old challenge was um, going through a divorce about 25 years ago, which was just this uh, huge emotional tidal wave. And then a recent, my recent challenge was um, 
as you, most of you, I think all of you know, I, I went through this sort of traumatic experience, physical experience, experience with um, pneumonia, where my whole body was in really acute pain. And so I hadn't really um, put those two together. But with this exercise, I realized that um, I have got a lot of benefits from my experience of divorce. The fact that that was not a good relationship for me and it ended, um, it, it made my life a lot better. But there was also a lot of grief and sorrow and um, regret and guilt that went along with that. And um, and so I don't know. I just think maybe that it really impacted on what came up for me this year. And um what I'm what I'm seeing from it all is right now it's it's a lack of self-care and a lack of self-forgiveness. I think it's that I feel challenged to forgive myself for what happened in the past. I'm I haven't quite got all of that work done. I realize that I thought I had, but I realize I think it just came up in this kind of maelstrom maelstrom experience for me all at once and um i was kind of struggling a bit physically in the fall and so i amped up my prayers with the violet flame the emerald uh green flame the blue flame i was really praying a lot sometimes hours at night so um i guess i was ready for it but um now that i'm through it uh, I'm I'm really wanting to harvest more of the benefits from that whole experience. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great that you are having these awarenesses, Diane, because every single thing that bothers us that come is something coming up for healing, whether it's a hangnail in a sense, or is it. A, seeming diabetes or pneumonia that there's something being healed and all that i know last year your lungs were weak with the coughing for such a long period of time and as you probably know the lungs are really uh often about emotion sadness and i get a sense of grieving and so the we just know for you, Diane, that the pneumonia brought it up for a cleansing and a clearing. And there's, you know, when I was in um, Germany with Venerable, she started to get a cough and it was getting worse every day. And then it was bronchitis bordering on pneumonia. So there's, and, and she's, the most healed, awake, alive person I know. So I see her go through things. I certainly witnessed that. Uh, and it's not because there's a failure in her consciousness. We're processing things. And sometimes we're even, I, I have uh, someone in my life who takes on, uh, I have a couple of people in my life that take on other people's stuff. Mm. 
and they process it in their physical body in the experience of illness. Very debilitating illness. It's like they don't know how to stop themselves from taking it on. They get so empathetic. Mm -hmm. So that is something to look at too and to be aware of for us also. Do people get, you know, you probably have heard of things like sympathetic pregnancy or um, labor pains and things that sometimes men will go through or people will go through with their spouses and those kinds of situations where uh, it's it's sympathetic or empathetic is probably a better word, but they call it sympathetic. Um to be aware, sometimes we do take on other people's stuff. That would be a really good thing for you to look at, Linda. And looking at what is the nature of it? What is it trying to tell me? That's really valuable. And, you know, you might think, oh, I need a special expert person who's psychic or something to help me with these things. No, we don't need that. We have the Holy Spirit. We have it all. So your your awareness there, Diane, how does it feel to you now? Uh, oh, um, from today, really, really good. It, um, I hadn't uh, quite put these two things together, and so that's really helpful, and I think it, it will help me with um, my self-care. And uh, I just wanted to share, I, I had this, call with Jennifer and you helped me so much in terms of changing my mind about um, recovery and um, to restoring. And so that shift in my mind the last few days has been so beneficial Mm. when I think about just that word restorative, like every time I have a glass of water or sometimes I'll just do a big deep breath and say, with this breath, I am I am restoring my body, and it's such a gentle way of um, just gen- generally feeling better, and I think really helping me a lot with my self care. And so, um, what I've learned today is just more of the same um, is realizing that uh, looking at restorative way, restorative thoughts, a restorative way of thinking when these um, memories or nightmares from the past come up for me to look at how can I restore myself more. Um, so that, that was all really helpful. It's just a funny thing, but one word can really make a huge shift. It did for me. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up, Diane. I, um, 
Do you, uh, I hope you don't mind. I'd like to just ask you, do you remember you were saying about your um, how you were going to handle the time between now and um, mid-June when you take that shift in your work? Yeah, I said I was, I, I'm just trying to survive until June the 15th. <laughs> and that, those were all my thought patterns were around survival. And every day it's like, okay, how can I just get through the day? And, and that's this week has really totally shifted with just that change of thinking. Huge. Yes. And I'm so glad you're bringing it up to, to me today, actually, because I have so much to do today that I started to think, you know, do I just go to bed at like nine o'clock and get up at three or four, or do I just stay up until I get everything? Well, like, how am I going to do this? And I can now, you reminded me that I can throughout just keep saying I'm restored. Every, everything is organized in perfect time. There's plenty of time uh, because in the human experience, when there's a lot of intensity, whether it's uh, in all the different ways that each of us experiences the intensity, you know, Alana with her children and all that going on, or however it might be, we can really train ourselves to be like Peter stepping out of the boat, right, onto the water. The waters are raging, and Jesus is there saying, I got you. I got you. And um, we, we can do that. We can do that. Absolutely, we can do that. Um, it's, so it's so valuable, and this is the whole message of Hawkins' book, for us to look at these thoughts and not think that just a thought or two doesn't matter at all. A thought or two can completely change our life like you're talking about going from I just need to survive the next month to wait a minute. This could be a time of restoration. It could be a time of expansion. It doesn't have to be a time of uh, survival or siege. I can shift my mind about it. Is that helpful to anyone else? So what is the thought that you are thinking that could be changed the way uh, Diane's thought was changed from survival to restoration? What is the thought that can be changed? Sean? Well, it definitely makes me look differently at what I'm experiencing right now. If I use the time... I, like, I want to heal right now, but if I use it, and it's exactly in line with what I'm thinking, actually, um, to restore and just become a better Sean. I don't, I don't know how else to explain it, but, and to just come back to myself and, and knowing everything's okay and everything's for the highest and best and all that stuff. Yeah, be your true self. Not a better Sean, your true Sean. Okay. I agree. Yeah. This is true. Sean is perfect. Can't really be improved upon. 
And I know that. I just, I guess I'm, I'm using that phrase because I've spoken to a lot of people that are not. Yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, but that's, I think that's a, the best way to look at it. I was going to say better, but yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Any other ahas, any insights that people had in the breakout? Elena. No, I can't. Yeah, that's it. Um, I um, immediately, when you spoke about this old story, uh, it's interesting how things are like synchronicity of things. Because today we went to test my son's uh, hearing, and apparently it's slightly damaged. It's not a lot. But it's still a damage, so which explains the whole story at school when he's like absent-minded and everything. And of course, it's tied to the old story, which took place three, four years ago, five years ago. And um, I, uh, so let's come from the old story. I received a lot of benefits, and the biggest one is that I, uh, I started literally, I, I started trusting God, and that the healing is possible. And I was very committed, so I learned commitment in spiritual practice which is a priceless priceless for me so this is a big gift that i received but what i see now is that i still had attachment to the fact that i was um like i still blame myself for not being when he was a baby i remember times when he like had his nose uh like he had a slight whatever cold and i didn't go to the doctor because i was so uh, such a freak with my daughter, always running to the do to the doctor for smallest thing. Uh, for him, I decided that I will be cool, and I literally didn't go to the doctor. And I blame myself for those things, and there are a couple other things that I think probably probably might have caused his ears, you know, because it comes from the nose and everything. But even the doctor said it's a story running in my head because even the doctor said it just might have come from the birth. It's like a slight damage of hearing. And, uh, and even this, they say it might go away, but I have this attachment and, and it is still present there. So it keeps me in the place of, and now I even just, uh, I, I made a note for me, like I want so much, so desperately for his hearing to be healed in order to release myself from this guilt, which actually, if I rephrase it back and from the course, like I, 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 I must forgive myself to release myself from the guilt and then receive the, the gifts from, I mean, I don't know what's the highest and best for him because I can see how he developed. He's very sensitive. He's very patient. He can spend at school two hours in a class where he understands 30% apparently when it's noise, but he understands usually 90, he gets 90%, but when it's noisy, it gets down to 30. So it's not a lot, but he's still there. So he learned this being, you know, he is very, and he learned a lot. He's the most spiritual open child of, of three that I have. He would go do Kundalini with me. He would pray with me. He's very, so all of this came through this being a little bit different, you know, from others. And um, so I think there are a lot of gifts that he also and I, we received from this. So now my part would be to literally to forgive this, uh, what I'm blaming myself for and see what what comes so i don't want to be attached saying that i would like that his hearing comes back to 100 like but but i still but i have this highest you know 
I have this vision that it can be done. I literally believe that the body can just heal itself. When this, you know, I see Linda, Linda, <laughs> support. Yes, and I would like to hold this, but not be attached to this. You know, that's my. That's what uh, the insights that I received today. So, that's a, a beautiful realization. Huge, be- beautiful realization. Powerful. Really powerful. And what was it that Hawkins had in his mind that he could hold, that there was no, like you just said, I want to hold this with no attachment. So how did Hawkins do that? Don't remember this. I didn't read the, the whole book. Just no, that's okay. But just, just just from what you have read, how do you think? And somebody else can answer that question too. How do you think Hawkins did it? How did he hold it without attachment? What was what was going on there? Do you remember when he ate the chicken livers? Anybody have any ideas how he held it without attachment? Um, clear, but isn't it what he told himself? What he isn't that he, he talked to himself how what he was letting go of his beliefs and identifying uh identifying ways talent stuff, right isn't that is that it yeah he it, it, that's very good carla so th- that that really is it is he realized this is the story i'm telling myself i don't have to tell myself this story anymore but and and see he he was clear because of this now this is the important part here is he really was willing to know how this world works, that it's a projection. He was really willing to know that. Now, he had some – has anybody read the about the author section? Oh, got to read that. Um, he had – amazing mystical experiences that showed him how this world works. But the thing is, is while we may not have had those amazing mystical experiences, we've read so many of them. We know that they're real, but there's some reason why we're not accepting that they're real. We're not fully allowing ourselves to know that we know. And that's what Hawkins did. So he started from this place of believing the doctors, right? Believing the prognoses, believing the diagnoses, 
And that's what he was trained to do as a, as a therapist, right? As a, as a, he's, I believe he's a psychiatrist by training, right? So that's a doctor. You know, you have to be able to prescribe uh, psychotropic drugs and different stuff like that, as I understand it. So uh, you have a lot of medical training as a psychiatrist. I guess so you can identify medical issues that are showing up as psychoses or something. I, I must confess, I don't know a whole lot about that. Rand, I don't know if you know anything about that. But um, so he had all this training about the mind and the body from a, from a medical standpoint. And he's a very bright, obviously observant person. But when he realized that mind over matter, that's when the healing happened. Now, let me just say, this is precisely what Mary Baker Eddy taught in Christian science. And her teacher, Phineas Quimby, this is what he taught. And Phineas Quimby got it from Jesus. And Quimby demonstrated it. And then Mary Baker Eddy was his patient. She had a miraculous healing, and then she demonstrated it. So, uh, and it's mind over matter. That's what it is. So it, it, it's also what's very much related in all of this is, you know, I told you the story about the little dish that I had made, the little, and that it, I was so horrified when I saw that my, it was in the trash to go to the dump because I had made this little dish and I had, when I was a child and I gave it the meaning, it was symbolic of my love for my parents and the fact that after 40 years uh, or however long it was, 45, whatever number of years it was, that this was a cherished object in our home, now it was trash. What did that mean about how they felt about me? Because I had put so much symbology into that little dish that it represented me. It represented my relationship with my parents, our love for each other, and they're throwing it away. I literally, like my head snapped back practically when I saw that dish in the trash. I was like, what does this mean? Because I had given it all the meaning that it had for me. And um, this is the thing is you've given this, uh, your son's hearing all the meaning that it has for you, right? Diane, with her, your situation, right? It's we we get attached to our interpretations of things. We really do. And that's the thing why Hawkins uh, is a, is a teacher, because he had his attachment. He knew he was attached to it. He was fully invested in it. He's taking all these medications, seeing all these doctors, having all these conversations, fully invested. And he could throw it away in a minute. Once he realized, I'm the dreamer of the dream, he could throw it all away in a minute. And his body healed very quickly. How many of you have read um, 
Anita Morjani's book, Dying to Be Me. Yeah, a lot of you. So that's in a sense what happened to her, right? She was really just hanging by a thread, just a thread to her body. Her body was essentially just literally minutes away from completely dying. That's how far gone her body was. But her consciousness shifted, and then it didn't, What it only took a few months for her body to heal. She healed so rapidly. So in doing this work, the biggest thing for us to look at is our attachment, like you were saying, Elena, our attachment to being right about how wrong we are, to playing small, to having a a limiting, debilitating experience. And it's so important that we, like, in your your life, Rand, that, that we have no blame, no shame, because this is what these experiences are for, for us to heal these beliefs and patterns. Like, is is it okay if we do? I mean, I, I saw Hawkins a few times. He did not look like a well person. Every time I saw him, he looked like he was going to collapse and have to be taken to the hospital any minute. For reals, right? People had to help him up on the stage. He had to sit down. He looked so frail. He really looks like if you opened a window, the wind would knock him over and he'd have to go to the hospital. He was that frail. He was that, but his spirit was fully alive in that frail body. And I would imagine that by then he had pretty much healed all those things, but he was still extremely frail and weak and seemed quite sickly. We don't know what anything is for. It's just to help us. That's all we can know. Anybody else like to share? I don't know. This doesn't have anything to do with what we're we're talking about, but it does. It's so interesting how... In the first, second year or third year, I used to say the, how the, how valuable the second lesson was, the second lesson in the Course in Miracles, that I, I gave everything the meaning it has for me, and that's exactly what you're saying. And how I've been saying it for years, and I'm just really getting it more. And I'm not saying that in a blame you, judge you way, or what, I don't know what, there's probably some of that attached to it, but I'm so grateful for your willingness to repeat yourself. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and to be able to hear and everybody share. Thank you. Yes. Awesome. Yes. And you know, one of the things that we can know is that we, just like Ernest Holmes said, uh, healing does not take time. 
The only time it takes to have a healing is the time that it takes to have a realization. The same is true for emotional healing. The same is true for mental healing, as well as physical healing. Because we get caught up in this idea that it's going to take me a while to to go through this experience of grieving and loss or um, depression or um, whatever it might be. We're, we, we just hold on to this agreement that it's going to take time. And what is it we need time for? Looking at it from this perspective, what is it that we need time for? To change our mind. Yeah, exactly. To change our mind. Why do we need time to change our mind? Because that's where we think we are. So we're using the whole experience, using what we have, what we think we have to help us. That. Well, what you're saying is true, but why does that take time? Because it has to come to our consciousness. We have to raise our consciousness. And why does that take time? We need time to make new, different choices, have different experiences, new experiences. I don't think it really has to take time, but we have resistance is what takes the time. Yeah. We have, we have a belief that it takes time. We have a belief that it takes time, mm-hmm. and it's about cultivating that willingness. Yeah. It's because of our resistance. So that's why I love Hawkins' story about the the chicken livers. He was a really funny guy. He laughed a lot. So he cooked up all those chicken livers for his kitty. His kitty didn't want them. And they would have aggravated his gout, made him so sick. He couldn't even have a taste of it. And he sat down and ate the whole big pan of it, and he was fine. Because he changed his mind. He found that it was ludicrous to think that that it would affect him. He he saw that was just a belief. He no longer had the belief. It no longer impacted him. I am no longer subject to this. I am innocent. One sec, Carla. I like the story how he played with the poison ivy. (laughs) He went out and picked it and planted it and played with it. <laughs> it didn't affect him. It was pretty, I like that. Yeah. 
Lana? Oops, sorry. That's okay. I had, um, I guess I had a belief that, well, at first I had a belief that it was difficult to get off of antidepressants and anti-anxiety medicine. So after 17 years, I was able to go off of it because I followed a protocol that John Gray had um, recommended. And because I guess I believed what he said, I mean, I had tried to go off of them in the past and after three or four months, I'd have to go back on them. But I believed what he said that I could go off these antidepressants if I followed his protocol. And I did. And I, I did. After 17 years, I was able to, to go off of them and, and not have to go back on them and didn't have the side effects. And when was that? That was in, I think, 2013, a year before I started Masterful Living. And, and how, did that, how did that affect your life, going off of them or being free of them? Well, I, I was afraid that it was numbing me out so that I wasn't able to really, you know, feel my feelings. And um, so, it, you know, everything has been working together to for my spiritual expansion and growth. So even, you know, even that helped me to go deeper and help me to heal, which I'm still doing. You know, right. Still. Beautiful. Well, lots of learning, lots of healing. Time for us to pray. Pray the pain away. So grateful and so thankful to bask in the love of God. So grateful and thankful right here and now to partner up with the Holy Spirit and to relinquish all sense of limiting thoughts and beliefs. We are no longer subject to that. We're no longer subject to the thoughts that bring pain and suffering, limitation and lack. We are grateful and thankful to open our hearts and minds to a healing, an extraordinary healing. We're willing to experience it and receive it and to know the fullness of love is right where we are. It's happening now. In gratitude, we claim our healing. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone. In gratitude, we rejoice that we're already free. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Much love to you. Mwah. See you next week. <laughs>